and welcome to Peer Pressure. My guest today is Handsome Dick Manitoba of The Dictators and, of course, the newest incarnation, Dictators NYC, which he will talk about at length. He might also discuss eh, the best pizza in New York and a couple other things that are near and dear to his heart. Please stay tuned for that. Thanks to Lita Martinez for editing the podcast and to Liz Berg for the other podcast-related tasks. Stay tuned. We're WFMU. Sir, are you there? I'm here, ma'am. Hey, ma- oh, ma'am. Oh, sir, ma'am. Okay, all right. So we don't we don't need to be formal. Hey, buddy. I'd like What's to. Up, I'd, I'd like to welcome handsome Dick Manitoba to the airwaves here at WFMU. Yep, having my first sips of coffee from my White Castle mug, what you crave. <laughs> so I'm off to a good start today. And there is a a, a fabulous photo of you um, online floating around there that I'll, I'll be posting on the playlist of you with a whole tray full of White Castle goodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's from a few years back. Mm-hmm. And, it's uh, from a few years back, but, you know, me being so ageless, you can't tell. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it is true. And, and can you still really plow down the White Castle? I can, but I, you know, the difference in lifestyle getting older is, yes, you still eat White Castles. You always eat White Castles. But the difference in lifestyle is you just don't eat them as often. Mm-hmm. I, I've come across the exact same thing with White Castles. It's you know, or, but that goes for everything. It's like... It's basically, at my age, you gotta you, you you can have pizza, but you can't have a pizza lifestyle. <laughs> you know, the diff- there's a big difference. It's not like I'll just eat two slices with extra cheese and sausage, and you know, and that'll be my meal because it's cheap and it's quick and it's filling and it's delicious. It's kind of like, yeah, you could do that, but then you can't do it again for a month, you know? Right. <laughs> Whereas I used to do it four times a week. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that that helps you treasure the experience even more. Yeah, it's just you know you got choices in life, you know. Exactly. You want to slow down and be a fat old man, or you want to uh, be in a good shape old man, you know. So, being a New Yorker, what's your favorite pizza joint? Oh my God, there's so many. Okay. There's so many. I, I can't. You know, I'd have to probably categorize it into the classic slice. Um, the boot, the best boutique slice, you know, but I tell you on Avenue B, um, they just moved right across the street from my world famous rock and roll tavern, mm-hmm. 99 Avenue B, Manitoba's between six and seventh streets. They just moved down Avenue B from around 11th or 12th street, Grupo Pizza, G-R-U-P-P-O. Mm-hmm. And it's phenomenal. Now, some people don't like it because it's thin crust it's when i say thin crust i mean the end the back of the pizza yeah is like a cracker it's about as thick as a as a as a premium saltine wow it's that thin Mm -hmm. but what's good about it is it's really crisp and it's the right amount of the sauce is delicious and the right amount of cheese and sauce and uh you know you can eat three of those quote unquote slices and not be any full, more full than you would be after one or one and a half slices of old, you know, old-fashioned doughy. Right, New York doughy, cheesy. So, uh-huh. and a Grupo is great, and also um, they have amazing salads for like eight or nine bucks. Like amazing, like fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it's just a good value, you know, and that's why they're doing well already. Boy, you got me off on food, but we won't have time for anything else. <laughs> it's a great value. New York, right? Hey, the food's delicious. And it's inexpensive, and people are nice to you. So me and my family, we, we go there all the time. You know, we walk out, it's like 25 30 bucks a pie, a bunch of salads. So we go there a lot, so we love it. That's my new favorite. It sounds like it, and it, so- it sounds delicious. It's actually. great. you gotta, you got to try it. You'll see. You'll see. And they have like 30 different toppings choices. Mm. They're all good. We've had prosciutto da parma. I've had sweet sausage, hot sausage. It's good. Good stuff. <laughs> okay, done with the interview. Thank you. <laughs> right, that's that's uh, the commercial there. So um, you put it best when uh, we talked briefly. Um, why don't we go over the headlines of your life, just for the yeah, listeners, the and look at where you're at right now. Okay, the main headline, 
got to lead with with my with my child, my son, because uh, you know it's my responsibility to be the best dad I could be and to take care of another human being. You know, so that's the headline. That's like my like main job. Like when I do a good job taking care of myself and my family, then everything else is gravy. I can I can deal with everything else mm-hmm. and. Um, so I play a lot of ball with my son. He's in fifth grade. Jake, he's graduating. He's going uh, nowadays middle school, we, junior high school, like we used to call it. Right. Is sixth grade. So he's gradu- graduating mm. uh, in June, and um, he joined this thing called the Felix Mion Little League. We left this other little league that we didn't like, and we went to Ross the boss's uh, business, his his family business, the Cage. In Middle Village, Queens, yesterday, and we had so much fun. Like it was like it was like being on the train with with untrained monkeys. Thirteen <laughs> preteen boys, like nine, eight, ten years old, and basically the train became a gymnasium. They were ha- literally hanging upside down by their feet, doing pull-ups, push, you know, like mm-hmm. using the metal bars on the train as a gym. Yeah, yeah. and. Five fathers and like thirteen crazy boys, but I got to tell you, it drained me, and at the same time, it was so much fun. And then we went out and hit baseballs. So that's what I do. That's what I do. I take care of my kid. I play. I'm on the. I'm, I sort of coach, not officially, but I'm always helping out, mm-hmm. like like all the time. So I got that, and I get the family. That's number one. And then, you know, my businesses and the things that I love to do as Richard, as Handsome Dick Manitoba, which is the band which we're calling the Dictators NYC these days, changed mm-hmm. from Manitoba, mm-hmm. and the bar, which is Manitoba's bar, and, of course, my radio show, yes. which is a wonderful way to, for me to reach my vast audience, my millions and millions of handsome Dick fans, mm-hmm. which is Little Stevens Underground Garage. He's the boss, and the show is on Monday through Friday, 8 to midnight Eastern Time, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, Channel 21. And that's it. There you have the very long headlines of Handsome Dick Manitoba's life. <laughs> so um, with this new incarnation, you're calling Dictators NYC now? Yes. Um, what was the thought proce- process in going back to that name this time around? Well, the thought process was originally we had said, okay, let's do Manitoba as a, as a, a complete difference from the dictators. And then after a year and a half, you know, it's really kind of basically people get more excited. It's nothing really has changed. It's three of the original members of the dictators, Mm -hmm. actually could be four technically because Scott said he would join on. Um, Only one said he wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather not talk about that on the air. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's it, you know the lead singer, the lead guitar player, and the drummer who was the drummer for three times as long as we've ever had any drummer mm-hmm. uh, decided to keep playing these songs. And the reason we originally decided to keep playing the songs because at first they didn't want to. The reason was uh, the cumulative effect of people coming into my bar and into my neighborhood, into the East Village, and into my life, going. When are we going to hear these dictator songs? When are we going to hear these dictator songs? When are we going to hear these dictator songs? So there was an effect that built up over the years. We're like, wow, there's a, there's a drive and a desire. And we weren't scratching the itch. We weren't satisfying the people's desire. Right. And, and my, my job is to be an entertainer. So we went out thinking, okay, let's, divorce ourselves from the dictators, and then after a year and a half, we said, wait a minute, doors are not opening for us, um, people are interested in history, people are interested in this music, and we had this wonderful band, and why don't we just do a slighter separation, you know, not call it the dictators, and we, we, the clarity we have is on our new website, we have the names of who's in the band on top, so if there's any argument or debate, behind the scenes, because everybody in the world has their opinion now on Facebook and online. You see who it is, you see what it is, what we are, what we're not. You can make a choice. This is cool. I want to go see it. 
This is lame. I don't want to go see it. It's fine with me. We're doing what we're doing to scratch an itch that has built up over the years uh, and and been been around, given to us from many, many people. So, you know, the minute we change the name, there's, a, there's, a, there's just a, a different excitement to the band. Mm-hmm. There's a different perception. Mm-hmm. And being that we were three founding members of the band, we figured, you know, why not? That's the story. You have a, you have a scoop, Diane. I guess I do. And the scoop oh, happens Bill tonight. Kelly and, and Jonesy are going to be so jealous. <laughs> Eat your hearts out. See, I give all my, all my good shit to the chicks. <laughs> they're, uh, they're jealous already. <laughs> so the show is tonight. show is tonight. And, and what a show it is. The Livids, the Flesh Tones, Dennis Tech, yeah. Radio Birdman from yeah. Radio Birdman, and us. And uh, Jesse Mallon's club, the Bowery Electric, the corner of... Second Street, also known as Joey Ramone Place, mm-hmm. and Bowery. Yep. And um, it's going to be it's going to be a great night. And it's ninety degrees. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be a crazy great night. We'll be testing the AC tonight. Oh man, it's like you know, it's like I love hot weather. I clamor for hot weather, mm. and then I get it. But I don't want to go from forty to ninety. I want to go from like you know. 68 to 90 or something. Right. It was like 40 the other day. <laughs> well, we'll have to talk to somebody about that. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it sh- and it should really be awesome. Hey, who do you admire in terms of uh, stage persona? Um, I mean, in history, these in history. days? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people. I mean, mm-hmm. I- I'm not sure how to... Divide that question that you're well, asking. Okay, well, so maybe um, uh, Iggy. I mean, mm-hmm. the frontmen, uh, uh, the frontmen that come to mind are, are Iggy, um, uh, Peter Wolf. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, I'd like to say Mick Jagger, but Mick Jagger, it, it's almost he's too big and unattainable. You know, it's, it's the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. It's almost ridiculous to mention them. With, with stage persona because it's so big it's not it's not really personal anymore mm-hmm. but the music is so great so that's what carries it but as far as you know individual stage persona the first two people that come to mind from people that I've seen were uh, guys who know how to handle a microphone and captivate an audience and be thrilling live or in Iggy and and, and um, Peter Wolf mm. And for yourself, I mean, I know you've seen many, many performers. Is there anybody, and it may not necessarily be in music, um, is there anybody that really brings out the fanboy in you, like you meet them and you're like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of professional wrestlers do. Mm. A lot of professional wrestlers. When, when Manitoba's Bar opened January 14, 1999, we had uh, the great Fred Blassie. Oh, wow, really? My, he opened the bar. Um, I paid him to make an appearance, <laughs> and it was a snowstorm. And, and all I could tell you is that when I walked him to the door to his car, he was probably in his 70s at the time, Yeah. Um, I, I felt the same kind of love for this man that I did for my grandfather. Wow. It was just this man who I had seen in wrestling magazines since I'm a kid. Wow, that's Fred Blassie, that's Fred Blassie. I've seen him behind the mic talking as rap as a wrestling manager, and now he's there making fun of me in my own bar. It was, <laughs> it was you know, like almost like Don Rickles making fun of you. It was right, an honor. Right. And, um, <laughs> you know, he's my favorite wrestler of all time, and he opened up my bar, so it was, it was, it was spiritual for me. Mm. Uh, and wrestlers are just... When you meet them, they're just, they, they know how to act around people. They know how to work an audience. But, um, you know, from, from a distance, my baseball heroes are Mickey Mantle and Sandy Koufax and people like that. But maybe Muhammad Ali was huh. the biggest influence on in my life because he incorporated everything. Muhammad Ali, you know, didn't come from the comic book world of wrestling. He came from the quote-unquote real world, real world of, of, of boxing and acted like a comic book character or right. a wrestling hero. Mm-hmm. And it was like people in the real world didn't act like this. And the thing was, a lot of guys try to get away with it now 
and get away with being, you know, like full of themselves and, and mighty braggarts and they can't carry it off. You know why? They don't have charm and charisma. Muhammad Ali had unbelievable amounts of talent and charm and charisma. A mm-hmm. uh, rare, almost maybe never duplicated set of characteristics. Yeah. So those, those are like heroes. Those are like, I, you know, my, my knees would buckle. Muhammad Ali, um, a lot of guys. I mean, you know, I love Neil Young and Jagger and Richards, anybody from the Stones or the Beatles, something like that, you know? I never got to meet any Beatles. I got to meet, one time I was introduced to Pete Best up at Sirius Radio, uh. and uh, I was like, hey, he's kind of like a Beatle, you know? <laughs> he's Beatle-ish. <laughs> well, seating-ish. <laughs> and, like, sitting next to him was the guy who runs, like, the Bunny Ranch in Las Vegas. Oh. And he's with these two, like, big boob, fake boob gals. And I say hi to Pete Best. Somebody from Sirius, hey, Pete Best, this is handsome Dick Manitoba. And, uh, and I, then I get introduced to the guy from the Bunny Ranch, and I immediately start talking to him for ten minutes. So, so much for beating an old, so much for meeting an almost beetle. Right. Beating right. a meetle or meeting a beetle. <laughs> Now, that was almost the original name of the dictators. A lot of people don't know that. In fact, Beat the Meatles. Really? We just love that name, Beat the Meatles. Well, not really. <laughs> it didn't get that far, but it was one of our wise-ass ideas that we that There was some make. discussion. That's funny. What else you got for me, Diane, baby? Well, I, I, you know, I want to know if you're upset that uh, being the handsomest man on earth that you keep on getting excluded from People's 100 Most Beautiful. People Magazine, they do that every year, and you're not in there. What's the deal with that? I'm sorry? That, that you being the handsomest man on earth, and you're excluded yearly from the People Magazine 100 Most Beautiful. Uh, you know, maybe they have to have two different levels. You have to have the, the It would be unfair to actually above put you ground in there. the underground level. It would it would be it would be unfair to put you in there with all everybody else would pale in comparison. You know, yeah. Well, well maybe I made one oh one and you just get never get to know that. <laughs> it's like when Debbie Harry did a list in my book of lists, punk rock book of lists. Oh yeah. She right. did ten people I'd like to fuck. Oh, sorry. Do you have a delay? I will see how that works. <laughs> I'm used to. I'm not used to terrestrial radio. I I'm got it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, ten people she'd like to make love to, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I soothe my slightly damaged ego by thinking, okay, all right, not bad. So Debbie Harry had me at number eleven. Right. I, c- I can live with that. So I'll do the same thing with People Magazine. Maybe okay. I was number 101. But I'm, I'm probably in the underground most beautiful people, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's a different world. And the only time it meets is, uh, you know, like guys like Jimmy Fallon come in my bar and, and hey, you want to come on the show? And I realized something like it's the world is, is catching up to me because next year he's taking over for Jay Leno. Right. And that's the Tonight Show. Yes. So it's basically like the 2014 version of Johnny Carson coming into my bar going, Hey, Rich, you want to be on my show? Mm-hmm. How and does... that's, when, that's when the underground meets the overground, as I like to call it. Uh, but Jimmy's wonderful for, for, you know, for doing that, because he could just stay in his pocket. He could just stay in his pocket and have his peeps just get all the, the overground people. And, uh, right, and it's a tip of the hat to him and his coolness mm-hmm. for bringing me aboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he can easily just have his publicity people give him a steady stream of guests. Exactly. Yep. So I, you know, appreciate that stuff. How, how does that feel to get asked to be on something? Like, and does it occur to you right away, like, wow, to, you know, that's almost like a Carson thing, or how does that? Well, he first first asked me a few years ago, and I said, you know what, Jimmy, thank you so much. Let me take a rain check and wait until I have the proper thing to push because. You know, people go on there to push stuff. Right, of course. TV is so powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, with three, four million people now with his late night show, you know, in one shot, like for me to to get that out there, that's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you took a rain check. 
I took, I'm sorry. It's okay. I have a little ADD, adult <laughs> ADD. Uh, I took a rain check, and then I went on a year ago, or so, a little over a year ago. And then he came in recently, and now I'm just kind of gathering up things that I have going on and um, waiting to strike again. And you do have many irons in the fire. Many yes. irons. Yeah. What else is going on? Uh, did you want to talk about um, you were filming something a couple weeks we're ago? We're filming something. We're filming a... Oh, God, this is going to be nuts. People are going to go, what? <laughs> I, I'm at, I, I sort of feel like I'm at the cross... My Robert Johnson at the crossroads part of my life. Like, I'm getting to this age now with, like, okay, then... Assuming I'm a fairly healthy version of myself, I have probably this period of time between X amount of years and X amount of years. And, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't, it could be gone in a second. We all know that. But, you know, I'm starting to go, okay, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I got to get this done. And I'd love to try this. And one of those things I'd love to try is getting a show on TV. Now, I don't have the fame, notoriety, or money to develop a sitcom the way I'd like to do it. Because I'm sort of more like a sitcom guy than a reality guy. I hate most reality shows. But there's a couple that I think are well done. And I think, you know what? Why don't you just break new ground and see if you can sell that? Why don't you take the horribleness of the reality show, but use the vehicle to get on TV and make it a cool one? a good one, mm -hmm. a well-done one, mm -hmm. something that sort of mixes the feeling of a good sitcom with the expense, which is within my grasp, of a reality show. And that right. gets you on TV. And getting on TV, it's almost like the next step. Like, what's the next step? I'm not going to go out at almost 60 and, and start a new rock band and, and turn the world on fire. I don't have any false dreams about that. And that's sort of like the next step in terms of reaching more people bigger and better and fun and creative so we actually have a sizzle clip which is being edited and uh we're going to shop it around sizzle clip for those of you not in the business is a little three minute clip that you you film a bunch of hours of different ideas and and you put it together into a three minute clip and uh, it's a commercial of sorts to sell an idea for a show that you have. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I not only do I entertain, I teach. Mm-hmm. There you go. A little <laughs> tutorial here on the air. And I think that you would be a great um, game show host. Oh. <laughs> Diane, I don't know how to take that one. I don't know. I, like, I love yeah. game shows. I grew up on game shows. I love game shows. Oh, okay. So, In that guess, case, then yeah. it was a compliment. Yeah. You know, Ted Baxter... He was a game show host. Yes, yes. And I think Lou Grant got mad at him. <laughs> we can go into a... We can go Ted into wanted a to make extra money, so he, he sold uh, Ma and Pa's pure pork sausage on one episode. <laughs> and Lou got really mad at him. He goes, Ted, you can't do that. Why not, Lou? I make extra money. You're a newsman, Ted. <laughs> oh, Mary Tyler Moore. That, that, was my sh that was my show. Yeah. That was a great. That was a, the set in the seventies when the dictators were born mm -hmm. up in in uh, upstate New York. We we had these friends, like like six chicks off campus that had a house. They were called the Bagels, the Bagel Chicks, yeah. and um, in New Paltz. It was like early seventies party university. And Saturday night, we would get together at the Bagel House and sit around the TV and watch the Mary Tyler Moore show, and then we'd go out and do all our bar hopping in the town of New Paltz. But first, religiously, the Mary Tyler Moore show. The Mary Tyler Moore show. Hey, I, um, we have a question from a listener. They want to know, um, would we see anything with you and the remaining MC5 again? Um, Wayne Kramer has my phone number, <laughs> and we're good friends. Wayne and his wife Margaret and myself... Uh, and it doesn't take me much, to, it doesn't get me, it doesn't take much to get me to say yes to MC5 projects. My guess, however, is that now that um, uh, Michael Davis is, is gone and uh, there's only two original members, Wayne and Dennis Thompson, I'm not sure. But, you know, if they come up with something, 
that fits and that feels right, uh, you know, I, I answer my phone when Wayne calls. What can I tell you? It's <laughs> it's their call. Awesome. Good. So um, I've got you here to be a guest DJ, and uh, I'd like to get into the playlist here a little bit. I know. I didn't. I didn't. I was, just didn't completely do my job. I think you asked me for nine songs and I gave you six. That's okay. But I wanted to, I wanted to throw a few curveballs out there. Yes. Um, you know, just do something. I didn't want to go right in the pocket of, of the punk songs that maybe everybody would expect and, and just draw from a variety of sources. Um, you know, I mean, what, uh, this is what a lot of people don't know. They think, oh, you make punk music, therefore you're this. Right, and you I can don't tell you know this, anything else. As a 15 year old kid mm -hmm. from a housing project in the Bronx in 1969, I had, I had the Jeff Beck Group records, I had uh, the first Led Zeppelin album, I had a double Doc Watson record, and this is my point Doc Watson? Yeah. Right? And I had, uh, and I was in love with Brian Wilson music because to me it was like I closed my eyes and. You know, that would take me out of the projects. And uh, I've always been in love with Brian Wilson, so I'm a big Beach Boys fan. Maybe my favorite American band ever. Wow. And um, so I have a variety of different interests. I like the classic country stars, the greats, the Merle Haggards and George Joneses of the world. Mm. And uh, it doesn't preclude me liking punk, but I just, I just don't want to go down the pocket and do the same thing all the time. So I gave you a few different songs. You might want to share with the people now. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so the first one we have, you did uh, you did touch on the Beach Boys, um, love for the Beach Boys. So this song, Girls on the Beach, what would you like to say about it? There are two songs. I mean, when the weather changes, it's Beach Boys time. And, and the two environments on the planet Earth that I've been to, that I, I am attracted to on a visceral level, the, is the urban giant called New York City, and then we go down to Miami Beach on vacation, and just the, the, the salty air and the power and the soothingness of the ocean. And when I lay on the beach and I hear songs like Girls on the Beach or The Warmth of the Sun, I close my eyes, I just, it's my Calgon bath, basically. <laughs> Excellent. I love that the Calgon bath. That's that's uh, Calgon. Yes, take me away. I, uh, I I'm getting flashbacks just you know talking to you. So um, <laughs> so we're going to go into a set of music programmed by Mr. Handsome Dick Manitoba, and uh, Girls on the Beach from the Beach Boys is the first one, and we are WFMU. We'll be back in just a little bit. So dead. 
And we have returned. Mr. Manitoba, are you there? Yes, ma'am. Okie doke. So let's talk about what you uh, just played for the listeners there. Well, backing it up from Wish It Would Rain, it's just like Temptations had, what, four amazing singers? I, I mean, I'd have to look over their lineups over the years, but, I mean, most bands are lucky if they have one. Yeah. And they had... A whole bunch, and and I know, I know, like Motown was pop soul. It smoothed everything out. We play uh, Mary Wells, early Mary Wells, mm-hmm. um, which is like I call it punk rock soul because it's just like, it's just like uh, screaming, gut wrenching. It's almost like a combination of the Sonics and soul music uh, and and pop soul. So there's nothing wrong with pop soul. I mean, the bands were amazing. The the arrangements were amazing. The the production and the the execution was amazing, but it was smoothed over. And some of these people had like Mary Wells before she became a pop soul songstress. She was uh, what I call a punk soul songstress. Hmm. And you know, I hear the the, the combination people like like uh, Levi Stubbs and the Four Tops and but Otis Redding. And I have this question I ask on my show. I'd like to ask your listeners the same thing. If you, got, if you were meeting with the devil and said, okay, okay, you can have my soul. I want to sing like and fill in the blanks. Mm. But it had to be two people, preferably with contrasting styles. So for me, my answer is, when, you know, I usually send, answer the question first as I lead by example. I'll send my listeners uh, say a, a combination between Brian Wilson and Otis Redding that's what I would sell my soul to the devil for you know an unbelievable beautiful you know white bread sounding voice and a raspy you know ass kicking soul voice get get out of the box yeah come on get out of the box my new t-shirts came with my cat sitting <laughs> in the box on the t-shirts so that's great some nice gray cat hair to go along with your new t-shirt there you go no extra charge so, for so that. that's uh that's what I'm, I'm a big fan of that song because it's just not it's just, it's just the lyrics are so powerful i know to you it might sound strange but i wish it would rain oh it's so great yeah um would we play before that uh, the ramones oh i love that tune. that's it that's in not you know, top of the list, popular Ramones tune. I think Joey wrote that one. I love it. It's one of my favorite Ramones songs that isn't that well-known. Go, little Camaro, go. And what else? And then and then we had the Beach Boys before that. Oh, yes. Of course. Hey. So that's it. What's your, who would you sell your soul to the devil to? Which, which combination, contrasting voices? I like that question. I like that question, too. Yeah. Now, being that's a chick... Would you be, would you pick chicks or would you pick combos? You could do whatever you want. You know, I could say I want to sound like Bonnie Raitt or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Tiny Tim and Vicky Carr. <laughs> <laughs> that, that high-end range there. I, 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 read, I read Vicky Carr. The reason I have Vicky Carr in my memory, because I played um, a song by the Crystals, Gene Pitney's He's a Rebel, mm-hmm. and... When I did my little research, I found out that, you know, Phil Spector wanted to rush it because there, Vicky Carr was going to release it as her first single. And uh, Phil Spector was like, I got to get this out. So he basically had Darlene Love sing it and the Blossoms back it up. And, you know, he was Phil Spector still at the time running the world. And he just called it The Crystals. Wow. It was a number one hit. Hmm. Oh, he, uh, I guess he figured out how to get that done quickly. Get it out before Vicky Carr gets on uh, Dean Martin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. I got Vicky Carr in my brain this week. Oh, that's okay. And um, so, do you have any thoughts on um, recording new material with Dictators NYC? Yes, mm-hmm. I do have thoughts. Um, it's it's easier said than done because the source by which we use material and help develop material has dried up for us. So. The well is dry right now, but so now it's like, okay, well then do it yourself, DIY. And I've been in contact, 
I have a song that somebody else wrote, which I think fits us. It's a good rock and roll tune, and as soon as we work it up, we'll do it. It's it's not in house, but you know, a lot of bands, a lot of bands uh, started out just being inspired by something that sounded good and felt it good, felt it good, yes. felt it good, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, I've been in touch with a few different songwriters, and we're going back and forth with. So far, we, you know, we're, we're putting it together. See, I don't know. I'm used to going to one source, seeing where the music's going to come from. Now it's like I don't know from whence it's going to come. So there is no one standard of how to do things. So I just keep writing down words, ideas, lines, lyrics, song titles, and I'm going to a few different people whose songwriting I like, and they're giving me snippets of music, and we're just trying to mm-hmm. paste and copy and put together stuff and really in the next few months all i want to do is get one or two new songs and put a single out i'd be very happy if we just do that just just to get some traction under us just to get the ball rolling and it sounds like you're really in this like sort of er era of like discovery and in a completely different way which is kind of cool yeah i don't i don't know what it's going to yield and uh i'm not going to stand there going oh well well, what's going to happen what's going to you know try to make something happen right you know and in the meantime it feels good as an entertainer to know that, you know, people still want to pay to see us entertain and do these songs, which we've been part and parcel of for 30-something years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My yeah. official statement to the public. I heard that. I heard that in your voice, actually, 30-something years. That's a, you know, <laughs> is a, it, do you have the banner that says 30-something years to put up behind the band? 30, one billion souls. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, and, years, it's still going and, uh, and the show is tonight. Yeah, people go, you know, Barry people is like, uh, people come up to me all the time. Show's tonight, start, I think Doors are at 7, the show starts at 8. Mm-hmm. Flesh Tones are a great band, Dennis Tech. Oh, yeah. And the Livids. It's um, a killer lineup. It's a really good lineup, and, 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 um, you know, people ask me all the time, like, you know, do you mind if I take a picture with you? And this is not, like, false humility. This is, like, really the way I feel. It's like, hell no. I don't take that for granted. One day, if people stop going, hey, can I take a picture with you? That's when I mind, mm. you know? Right yeah. now, I'm feeding my family. Right. Because people want to take a picture with me. Right. So, you know, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate it. The, the fans I have. Yeah, and you can tell. I mean, you're you're personable, and you're you know, I I just get that you're a new you're a New Yorker, and you're you're a real a real person. That's I'm a, a real deal. Well, yeah, you know, and and in some ways, you know, like the dictators set the tone for punk in New York, and New York had a lot of icons, and not necessarily a lot of personalities. You know, so I, I see you as as uh, being able to continue that, regardless whether it's doing the radio or being the, you know, the sort of the 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 owner and uh, proprietor and and in-house entertainer at at Manitoba's and uh, doing whatever. I, you know, um, I just thought of it. How did uh, you? Ha- there's a bobblehead of you out. Yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> That's an excellent question. <laughs> uh, the people approached me from MVD, um, Clint Weiler, from, uh, he works at MVD out of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They're a uh, video distribution company, and they do, they do records now, you know, audio, and Clint, on his own, has started a company called Agronautics, and he's put out bobbleheads. So he and I have been talking, we're, we have a good relationship with this company, uh, with, um, Everybody who works there have done work for them, and um, they have come to me and asked me if I was interested in the bobblehead. We went back and forth, blah blah blah. We finally got the deal struck. Now the bobblehead, but the the best thing about the bobblehead was it was one of the things I was pushing when I finally said yes to do Jimmy Fallon's show, and I didn't have a bobblehead. So <laughs> Clint goes, "Listen, I'm overnighting one from China, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it costs like." I don't know, a couple of hundred bucks, and I thought, it's a good deal, Clint, because ordinarily, in the world we live in, which is like, you know, the FMU, Dictators, my bar, it's this wonderful underground world, 
here's a chance for millions of people to see something in one shot. Not thousands, not tens of thousands, but oh, yeah. millions. Absolutely. Is that worth $200 to you? Sure. Yes, let's do it. Mm -hmm. So one of the highlights of my three minutes on Fallon was him unveiling the bobblehead and my head shaking around on his desk. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was shipped from China. Like, we, we need one tonight. And it, was, it came in the morning, and it was like, you know, 200 bucks to overnight it from China. That's great, though. I know. That's the like, way to do it. I love that story. That's absolutely. And Jimmy, like, unveiled it on his show. That's the way to do it. It was a though. highlight. Yeah, sure. That, I mean, if you're going to get that commercial, that's, that's how you have to play it. They throw money around on TV like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, did you get the Jimmy Fallon show to pay for it? Uh, No. Okay. <laughs> See, that's where you got to go. And then, um, and then one other thing, and I want to get back to the playlist, but um, I read that Leg Legs McNeil said that he and John Holstrom started Punk Magazine strictly so they could hang out with the dictators. <laughs> I read the same thing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I guess it's true that they said that. Yeah. You know? I mean, I read the same thing, and we, we piled around back in the 70s. We, we drank a lot of whiskey together and, uh, you know did our 70s thing together and had a lot of fun and you know john holmstrom is one of those people when he draws you and makes fun of you it's in that line of uh of rickles and freddie blassie it's it's like an honor mm. you know that that you have enough character to be a caricature for john to draw you and make fun of you so i'm honored by that right and uh yeah i'm honored by that statement and i think there were a bunch of kids a couple of kids from connecticut who got excited by this rock and roll stuff. Hold on, someone's ringing my doorbell. <laughs> Jesus, they don't know I'm on the radio. Yes? Hello? Who's this? I don't know. Okay. It might be my wife. Why would she ring the bell? Oh, I know. Hold on. Hold on, audience. <laughs> Is your keys here? She's the kind of girl who, who goes to the bank, gets a 20 out, and leaves a 20 in the machine. Oh. So if I walk in after her. You don't have to steal her ID <laughs> or nothing. The 20 will just be hanging out there. Now, she did that once. I never let her forget it. For oh. all the bonehead things I've done, like lost jewelry, lost sunglasses, she did that once. That's like my that's my bullet in the chamber for, for my arguing with her. With <laughs> that's <Zoe>. your go-to. <laughs> nice. Hey, do you want to go to the playlist, and then you can handle that? I okay. want to do whatever you tell me to do. It's your show, Dollface. All right. <laughs> I love when people call me Dollface. <laughs> um, you've got uh, Everybody Eats When They Come to My House yes. up on the next uh, playlist. Years ago, I bartended at 2A, legendary oh, yeah. uh, place that mm -hmm. Tom Clark bartends mm -hmm. at, and actually Jim Marshall got me the job there well mm -hmm. his his opinion was highly influential in getting me hired and um we had we had um you would pull out drawers wooden drawers built with cassettes in them you know it was oh. a cassette drawers nice but they were custom built mm -hmm. and we had like dozens and dozens and dozens of house cassettes and one of them a lot of them were mixed jazz stuff and 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 uh different types of jazz there's a lot of jazz heads in the neighborhood at the time that would come into two-way and a lot of jazz musicians and i got turned on to a lot of cool stuff and, and a song that stuck in my head was uh all these food rhymes oh. everybody eats when they come to my house have a salami tommy have a knish nisha <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't get better than that right. So and it stuck with me. So I said, let me throw that in. That'll be, that'll be an unexpected pleasure from Handsome Dick. That's great. And it's a good, it sounds like a good memory, too. So my guest is Handsome Dick Manitoba. We've got some Cab Calloway coming up. And uh, we will be with you in, uh, well, listeners can listen. And uh, Handsome Dick will be back in a couple minutes. Stay tuned. <laughs> Try the salami, Tommy Give it the gravy, Davy Everybody eats when they come to my house Try a tomato plate, too Here's cacciatore, Dory Taste the bologna, Tony You want her, you need her 
And yet you don't believe her when she says her love is dead. You think she needs you. Handsome Dick Manitoba. Hello, sir. Yes. Yes. You sound very low all of a sudden. Low? Like. Yeah, I wonder why. I don't know. I'm not Maybe sure. Maybe it's my phone. It, it could be anything. All Ma- right. Maybe put in. I uh, hear do you have you. Your, your, is your hearing aid in? But you're not. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's, it's buzzing. My hearing aid is buzzing. Ah, I see. <laughs> so, um, so, canned heat. Tell us about uh, why canned heat's on your playlist. I just, I just love that song. I just love that song. It's 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 kind of got this. It's a boogie, and I love. It's just got this note in it that it just keeps in the middle of it. That just keep, it, it's almost like that one note on, on the Stooges song on the piano. It just it's mesmerizing to me, and uh, you know I don't know you know what would happen. Diane Farris says, "Handsome Dick, give me a bunch of songs." Every day I wake up, I'd probably give you six or nine new songs. Mm-hmm. And the day you call, like, that, that, that's the way it is with creating things. Yeah. You make an album, you write a book, it's like, oh, it's like, you know, what I should have done, what I could have done, what I would have done. But then you have to put a stamp on it the day of. And that day that Diane Farris asked me for songs, that's the song that came into my head. Okay. Very visceral stuff. Mm-hmm. Just in my gut that day. Yeah. Bit. Richard Price, the great writer who grew up in my neighborhood in the Bronx, when he did his uh, book, Lush Life, he, he rented an apartment on the Lower East Side for two years, sat in the apartment, and said, there's such a great patchwork of humanity here. I can live in an apartment every two years, for two years, and write a different book every two years. Hmm. And that's the same thing. Like, any day Diane Farris calls me up and says, give me nine songs, or what's your opinion? It's like, that day, the stuff's going to come out that way. Right. And then... You know, can I tell you why? I don't know. I'm not right. decipher things like that. All right. It comes to me. All right. And then uh, <laughs> we had the Beatles before that for no one. Yeah, just one of the saddest songs ever. Yeah. And I love Revolver. And uh, it, it just, it's just it's a beautiful, sad song. I just love it. Popped in my head that day. And then, of course, we started with some Cab Calloway. And uh, that does complete your playlist. So tonight you're playing at the Bowery Electric. Yes. It's, and this is the, uh, the debut of Dictators NYC, correct? Yes. Yes. The debut of the name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. And not, not the guys it's together. Me, Ross the Boss, mm-hmm. J.P. Thunderbolt Patterson, yes. Daniel Ray, and Dean Rispler. That's, that is an incredible lineup. And then, of it's course. A really good band. Yeah. I'm very, very proud of these guys. And Happy then, to be playing with them. And on the bill is Dennis Tech. You know, who's just magnificent. The Flesh Tones and the Livids, that is at the Bowery Electric tonight. And the, um, the, the website for Dictators NYC is thedictatorsnyc.com. So and the bar is manitobas.com. Over there, 99 Avenue. And the blog. I got, I don't, I don't, I'm lazy with the blog, but the blog is manablog at tumblr.com. Really? Yes. Um, it's the, the, the co- I, what do you call it? Like the co-name or the sub-name is I Am Right and Other Assorted Ramblings. I used to do an <laughs> article. I used to do a column in a, in a rock paper like 20, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. And that's what I called it. And I love that name, I Am Right and Other Assorted Ramblings, where I just go off on whatever I want to go off on, post pictures and go off. And I might not do something for two weeks, and then I might do something three days in a row. So mm-hmm. it's kind of intermittent but it's manablog at tumblr.com there we go very good i see you 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 posted a week ago yeah 
Oh, I did? Yes, you did. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for helping with my memory. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I just want to thank you because I know it's it's the day of the show and uh, and we had discussed, uh, you know, if that's a if that's an issue for you and uh, you made it happen. And issue? I don't even know you. <laughs> ba -dum -bum, ba -dum -bum. Anyway, and, uh, Diane, yes. I got to tell you, you are a doll and it's a pleasure and when I talk to I'm very highly competitive human being. When I talk to, to Jonesy, who I adore, yes. and Bill Kelly, yes. who I adore, mm -hmm. minus his political, Republican, goofy political opinions, mm -hmm. but as an actual human being and, and rockologist, I adore. Why do I tell them that you blew them out of the water? They oh, I so did? Jealous. Oh, I did. Wow. Yep. I had no idea. Yep. And, 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 so, and, and thank you for, for <laughs> that. And, and I want to just thank you for really setting the tone for punk in New York. For, for real and for being a personality on the New York entertainment scene and just being really relatable. Like people, you know, we're talking about pizza and we're talking about music and, and you are that guy. So thanks for being that everyday guy and, and icon and mouthpiece all at the same time. <laughs> hey, you know, New York rules and there's not that many people that could be the king of New York. And I think I'm speaking to one of those right now. Thank you so much, Diane. So, awesome. I'm humbled. Uh, well. <laughs> That's handsome. rare. And uh, so go see Handsome Dick Manitoba tonight at uh, the Bowery Electric and check out Dictators NYC, of course, Manitoba's. And then your, when is the serious show? Serious oh, show, 8 to midnight Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Damn. Serious XM 21, Little Stevens, Underground Garage. You are a busy guy. Yeah, I like to be busy. And mm. I don't like to do one thing. I like to do many things. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. Well, good. And thank you for being the, our thank guest you. here. Thank you, Diane. All right. I will see you soon. All right. Take Next care. Next time in person. Yes, absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks. All right, hon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And that wraps it up for today's podcast. Thank you to Lita Martinez for editing the podcast and to Liz Berg for all the other background work. We are WFMU.